Hello, Metro Augusta. This is Janice Allen Jackson welcoming you to the September 7th edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. Today's show, as always, is brought to you as a service of Janice Allen Jackson and Associates, and that is my management consulting firm. If you missed last week's episode, please, please go to my website. That is JaniceAllenJackson.Weebly.com, where there is a Local Matters tab. Or if you are on Facebook, please go to and follow the Local Matters Podcast of Georgia Facebook page. Once there, you can listen and share the audio with others. You can also comment like any other Facebook post. Uh, you're welcome to comment and give us feedback on the episodes or make suggestions about other episodes that you would like to see Local Matters take on. Like all episodes, it is also available on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. Last week, my topic was the midterm elections and which offices are on the Georgia and Richmond County ballots during midterm elections. As it relates to the Richmond County races, I reviewed the list of candidates who have qualified to run and provided some background information on each. And those are for the Richmond County School Board, as well as the Richmond County Tax Commissioner's race. As always, Local Matters is here to make sure that you are ready to vote on our election day, which is November 8th. Today, we have two candidates for the Richmond County Board of Education, Super District 9. They include the incumbent, Venus Kane, who has served on the school board for approximately 16 years, and her challenger, who is Christopher Mullins. Mr. Mullins has not held elective office before, but he did make a run for the Board of Education Super District 10 seat in 2020. Thanks as always for being with us and please listen to my camp conversations with those candidates. Local Matters family, we are joined by Venus Kane. She has been a member of the Richmond County Board of Education since 2006, and she is seeking re-election for the District 9 seat. How are you doing today, Ms. Kane? I'm great, and you, Ms. Jackson, how are you? I am wonderful. Um, we'll jump right into the questions that we've prepared for our school board candidates. And the first is, on a scale of one to 10, how well do the current Richmond County School Board trustees function as a team? And please explain why you give it that rating. Um, I'm gonna say a 10. And the reason why I explain that many things that we vote on is formality because we are dictated by the state what we have to do. Those things that are not dictated by the state, which what I would say is pretty much 25% of our business, 
we generally as a hold, you know, we may have one or two holdouts, but generally it's nine of us or 10 of us that will support whatever initiative the superintendent is bringing forward or what other initiative maybe a board member may have brought forward. So I wanna say we've been exemplary board ever since pretty much I've been on the board with Georgia School Board Association. And, and that's a pretty hard feat to get because you have to require to present so much documentation. Uh, when they started seeing more school boards becoming exemplary boards, they tightened uh, the criteria on how you had to qualify. And we still have qualified every year as an exemplary board um, with Georgia School Board Association, where we're recognized every uh, December, November, December timeframe when we attend our state conference. So I think that speaks for itself. Okay. Thank you. And next question, as you think about the Richmond County school system, please tell me what concerns you the most. Oh, wow. My biggest concern is um, when our kids returned from COVID, we had a different type of child. And I'm very concerned at what we have now and what we have to deal with now. The social and the emotional aspects of what children may have seen while they were home for over a year, um, what they may have had to deal with since they weren't with us for you know seven, eight hours a day. I am mostly concerned with, with that. And I'm also concerned with the lack of parental support that we get. It's even more so prevalent after um, COVID and we return full time. So those two things are my biggest concern. I feel like when we have 100% parent support and participation, then we don't have to worry about test scores because all that will fall into place. Um, and sometimes we need to look at hopefully getting more uh, people involved and coming into the schools to help volunteer and to help us. Now, don't get me wrong, we have excellent, uh, some excellent partnerships, but I think what we need more of is people willing to come into the classroom and work with that child one-on-one -on -one that may be behind. Um, those are my concerns. Okay. And if we shift gears a little bit to talk about you, um, you've been in public life now for a long time. Uh, please tell us what you consider to be your most significant accomplishment in your public life. Wow. You know, my accomplishments are just my accomplishments, the accomplishment of the board, because anything that I put out there, I had to be able to get nine votes or six votes rather mm -hmm. to go along with me. But I want to say one of the biggest significant things, and it's really two or three of them that really stick with me. Um, when I got on the board, we had a weak cyber program. It was very weak. And when I started hearing about the cybersecurity coming here to Fort Gordon, I knew this was a great opportunity for our children uh, that wouldn't require them to have a four-year degree, but at least a two-year degree to where they would be gainfully employed. So I put it on the table for us to write a curriculum um, 
for cybersecurity, which we did in conjunction. We worked with Columbia County where they worked with us. And we were able to send it to the state and get it approved. So we were able to start up a good cybersecurity program. But then as I kept hearing more and more about cybersecurity coming to Augusta, I realized we was missing a key component of that. Our kids were getting the book knowledge, but they needed a little bit more. So I talked to Dr. Pringle. I said, Dr. Pringle, we need to do more. So I said, we need to partner with whoever, Augusta State, Augusta Tech, whatever. We need our kids to have that certification. They need the certification. So from that, we partnered with, uh, at that time, Terry Elam and Augusta Tech in a program to where our students would come in in the ninth grade. And if they took the cybersecurity pathway, when it was all said and done, not only would they walk across the stage with their high school diploma, they would walk away with their associate degree in cybersecurity and be ready to take the uh, test to get all the certifications they needed to make them gainfully employed. I just thought that was awesome um, that we were able to make that happen. The next thing, I noticed that we had all kinds of training for our principals and certified people, our teachers, but our non-classified people, we had very little training to prepare them for upward mobility. So I was able to get six people that thought like I did and realized that, hey, our, our bus drivers, our janitors, our lunchroom workers, some of our bookkeepers, our clerical staff, they had they deserve the opportunity to get the necessary leadership training, just as we were given principals and teachers. They deserve to have that too to make them better employees and give them an opportunity for upward mobility. We passed that and the first class graduated this year. So I'm very proud that we were able to expand that. Uh, I'm proud that I was able to work along with the rest of the board members to get the Marion Barnes Trade Center up and operating. That is very important because our trades um, industry had come to the school system and said, we're going to be in trouble in a couple of years. We don't have enough AC uh, technicians. We don't have enough mechanics. We don't have enough welders. So we stopped what we were doing and what we were planning to put in the Marion Barnes Center and address the needs of the community and what industry said they would need to be able to sustain their workforce. Okay. And as you think about, thank you for that. As we talk about um, what people need to think about as they decide who they want um, to vote for in the race for District 9, what factors should the registered voters consider? One, integrity. You must have integrity in anything you do. Honesty. You must always be honest with the community and never lead the community, as I say, down that rabbit hole, and then you want to backtrack. Um, someone that's going to fight, even if it means they have to stand alone and fight for what they believe is honestly uh, the right thing to do, as I did when we got ready to return. Uh, prior to COVID ending, I stood up and fought for the teachers as well and fought for everyone. I just didn't think it was a good environment to be putting anyone in. And it was a struggle for us when we went back. It was a real struggle when we made the decision to go back before COVID ended. Um, and loyalty. You can't be loyal to someone, but yet and still you, you post on Facebook everything that's not true about the system. Um, I feel like I have worked 
Anyone that calls me, I am there for them any time of day or evening and sometime at night. I return phone calls. I don't send you the voicemail. I don't send you the Facebook. I don't do that. I am responsible. I'm in the community. You see me at football games, basketball games. You see me in the stores. You see me out in the public. And even in church addressing concerns that anyone may have if they ask me to help them. So I say, look at what I have brought to the table. Um, there's so much more that we didn't talk about that I have brought to the table, like the finalization finally of getting T.W. Josie a beautiful state-of-the-art softball field. They didn't have their own softball field, so I was able to make that happen for T.W. Josie, just as well as the Hall of Fame movement for uh, Laney High School. I've worked with the schools, I've worked with the principals, I've worked with the alumni, I work with anyone who's willing to pick up the phone and call me. I don't believe in bad mouthing our system because we do have issues. And if I said we didn't have issues, I would not be truthful. But I'm about solutions, not putting issues and half truths out there, putting the truth and trying to find solutions to move. So if you can Want someone that's going to continue to work as hard as I have worked the last several years, then vote for me. Because I'm going to continue to give everything I have 100% to the community. I'm going to continue to be loyal to our community. I'm going to continue to be transparent. And I'm not going to use Facebook as a way to post things that's not true or anything that's true. Facebook as a sense, a way of getting it out. You want to know? You can find me anywhere in the community and I'll be willing to work with you and help you get the answers that you need without making your concerns and your issues public. Okay. And the last question I have is how can the public learn more about you? Oh, wow. Pretty much, you know, they can pick up the phone and call me. I haven't set up my website yet, but I think just about pretty much everyone knows what I stand for and what I'm about. But if they want to know more, they can always call me at 706-589-5880. And I always spend time talking to them so that they can get to know me. Um, like I said, most people in the community know my work and they know what I've done. They know what I stand for. And I think that's why I have been so successful for every re-election. All right. Thank you so much for being a guest on Local Matters. Thank you for having me. Also joining us today is Christopher Mullins. He is a candidate for Richmond County Board of Education, Super District 9 seat. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm good, and yourself? I am great. Thanks so much for making the time to be with us and to address the questions that our registered voters in Richmond County will want to hear from you. Uh, first question, on a scale of one to 10, how well do the current school board trustees function as a team? And please explain why you gave it that rating. I would say a one, simply because I've been to meetings, I've seen them online, I've been to the meetings in person and the unwillingness to work together is a big issue. When we're dealing with the system, we need people that are gonna be in place that are going to be willing to help move the system forward. And 
like I said, the unwillingness to be able to work together. And I was always taught this and it's, and it's true in my job with what I do, anything that I do, because I was in the military for almost 10 years. I don't have to like you to work with you. I just have to know about the greater good so that we can move the, towards a goal that we have. All right. Thank you. And when you think about the Richmond County school system as a whole, what concerns you the most? It's a few things that concern me, but the major thing that concerns me the most is that Richmond County has so much potential, so much potential. But the school system has been on a D level for about almost 15, 20 years, well, 20 plus years, excuse me. And we're failing our children. Let's just, let's just say it like that. We're failing our children. And out of 54 schools that we have in Richmond County, 47 of those are either at a D or a F level. Only seven are passing. And that says a lot. Only seven are passing. And I think about it, and it's just like, what are we doing? I truly believe that we really have to be able to reproduce and replicate what's going on at those schools that are passing and implement it into the system as a whole because we're failing our children. We really are. And I think we have to start looking at that. And I looked at, you know, the numbers and the data recently and Richmond County moved from a D to an F. So we're definitely failing our children. I think that's one of the biggest concerns I have and also dealing with safety. I look at the safety aspect, you know, being a bus driver, well, a former bus driver for last year. Um, a lot of my coworkers and I, we dealt with a lot of uh, violence. We dealt with gun violence. We dealt with, you know, the BB guns. We dealt with a lot of things. And I think we have to start looking at safety when it comes down to it. I know I had a lot of parents, a, a lot of organizations, people in the community wanting to come and be a part of it, you know, and be the solution. I think we have to start looking at things like that. How can we get the community involved in making sure that we get our students to and from school safely? Okay. Thank you. And if we shift gears a little bit to yourself personally, um, or in terms of your public accomplishments, please tell me what you think is the most significant accomplishment in your public life. The most significant accomplishment would be the fact that um, I created the Freddie Mae Foundation and no to everybody thinking I'm, I'm out there handing out houses, I'm coming to collect student loans or whatnot. No, I don't do that. Um, we've actually been in the, the CSRA for five years, well, going on five years in December. Um, we've been doing this since 2017 and we help men who've been abused, battered, addicted to drugs, alcohol, and their children. And it's named after my grandmother. My grandmother will, is 91, she'll be 92 and next February, if God is willing. And I named it after her simply because she is the embodiment of everything that I want my organization to be. Um, love, faith, hope, charity, giving yourself a selfless service, all of those different things. And I said, why not name something that honors her and honors the people in the community that we're helping? Very good. And um, also shifting gears to the voters, when they consider 
um, who it is that they should vote for in this election, um, what factors should they look at as they evaluate the candidates? It's a lot of factors to this. And I'll say this, you know, I ran in 2020 um, for Super District 10 at the time. I was rezoned, ended up in, in District 5, which I was able to run for this position now. And my same thing that I was saying we should look for then, it still applies now. Even though I did not win that position, I still feel as if the community has to be mindful of who they're voting for. We have individuals sitting in the seat and those seats for 10, 15, 20 plus years. And again, I said the school system, if you look at the data, has been, been either at a D, now an F level for 20 plus years. That means those elected officials in those positions are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. That means they're failing our school system. They're failing our children, our students, our parents, our bus drivers, our custodians, our cafeteria workers, our administration, everybody in the system, they are failing. And I think we also have to look at how much of a resume do they have? And what I mean by resume, what have they done before they were elected in that position? What have they done while they are in the position, are they community oriented? This is a seat elected for the people, by the people, for the community. And if we don't have somebody who's sitting in that seat that's about the community, that wants the community to win, we need to vote somebody else in there. And it needs to happen now. I also think that we have to start looking at the change factor. Do we really wanna change? If we do, please vote for me because it's time for a change. Again, we have people in the seat that have been in there 10, 15, 20 plus years, and it's time for a change. We need something different. We need someone new. We need new ideas, fresh blood, just to get out there. We also need somebody, once again, who's, going, who's not afraid to go out in the community and see what's really going on and be about the people and help the community and the school system win. Okay, thank you. Last question. How can the public learn more about you and your candidacy? I'm very transparent with a lot. <laughs> and I'm sorry, I'm giggling, but you know, a lot of people have been calling me, emailing me, texting me. I'm very transparent. If you want to call me, my number is 706-945-6150. Again, 706-945-6150. You can reach me at ChristopherMullins.com. My Facebook is Christopher Mullins. Or you could um, go to Elect Christopher Mullins, Board of Education District 9 on Facebook as well. Or you can email me at cmullins at gmail.com. Or you can email electchristophermullins at gmail.com. Or if you see me on the street, please stop me and have a conversation. I think that's what we need from our board members, from people who are elected to be easily accessible and at the same time willing to talk. And I have many different platforms and I just gave out several things. So if you, if anybody, any of the listeners want to hit me up, please feel free. I don't mind talking. All right. That concludes our questions. Thank you so much for being a guest on Local Matters one more time. 
No, thank you so much. I certainly hope those interviews are helpful to you uh, in deciding who it is that you think would be best suited to serve on the Richmond County School Board representing District 9. Um, and um, shifting gears a little bit, I uh, want to talk a little bit about something I discovered on the website of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. As I know some of you know, I do uh, read some out-of-town newspapers from time to time as a way uh, to stay on top of what's happening statewide and as well as nationally. Um, there's one thing I ran across that is very similar to the notion of local matters. You know, it's our purpose to make sure that you're as informed as you can be uh, before you make voting decisions. And um, the AJC, that's short for Atlanta Journal Constitution again, uh, has just started uh, something uh, called Got a Question About Georgia Voting or Elections in Georgia. I happened to find it on their website, and uh, it is a service of that newspaper uh, to make sure that they can address questions regarding the various changes in uh, voting laws in Georgia over the last year or so. Um, what they're doing is requesting or getting you to vote, uh, excuse me, getting uh, voters in Georgia to submit questions. Uh, there's a contact form there. Uh, you can find this under the politics section of uh, the AJC's website. Uh, just ask, got a question. Um, they will, uh, you put in your email address and um, just ask whatever it is you want to know about elections and press submit. So it's very easy. And then they will be publishing the answers to those questions. Um, they'll publish the answers in a regular feature that will run through the election season. So in case there's a topic that we in Local Matters have not addressed for you, you can have the option of going to the AJC's uh, website and um, listing some questions there. And hopefully they'll be able to provide very detailed answers to whatever it is that you uh, need to ask. As you prepare to vote, uh, particularly for those offices at the state level, of which there are many this time around, uh, please consider reading the Atlanta Journal-Constitution as much as you can. It's not so much putting in a plug for that newspaper as it is recognizing the fact uh, that they do cover uh, the statewide issues that we need to be aware of. Uh, which is not to say that any of the other ones don't, but um, that newspaper does have more of a statewide focus. Also, um, want to highlight uh, key dates on the calendar. Uh, October 11th is the last day for a person to register and be eligible to vote in the November general election and runoff election. So if you are not registered to vote, please do so by October 11th. Next, the advanced voting period begins on October 17th. Uh, as usual, there will be a number of locations in Richmond County where advanced voting will take place. And again, that begins on October 17th for the November 8th election. So 
Uh, hopefully this information is helpful to you um, as we become more aware of other opportunities to get informed and get prepared for this election. Uh, we will certainly make those known to you. Thanks again for being a part of the Local Matters family and be blessed. I close with my favorite Bible verse from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This show is designed to contribute to each of those, giving you the power that comes with knowledge, demonstrating love for your local community, and offering you wisdom for decision-making so that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. Please tune in next Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. here on WKZK, 1600 AM, 103.7 FM, and WKZK.net, because local matters.